Welcome to the very first episode of Hustlers Rule the World. My name is Daniel Sadler, and I'm a college student studying in Philadelphia. On this show, I'll interview people who act upon their deep personal interests in order to achieve happiness. If you're somebody who's trying to find out what they're about, or you're fascinated by the ways people express personality in their daily lives, then you'll gain some interesting insight from this show. I believe that if you wish to live a happy and fulfilling life, it's important to act in ways that are true to yourself and to work hard for what you want. Our first guest on the show is my own cousin, Dominic Cusinelli. Dominic is also a college student studying in Santa Barbara, California. He has a deep interest in social media and has experimented with many different platforms, including running a shoe sales business on Instagram, a fantasy football page on Instagram, an Italian clothing company on Shopify, and hosting his very own podcast known as The Think Tank. So Dominic, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is I'm terrible at answering this question, but I'll do the best I can. Um, shoot, no, this is really tough. Um, I'm a student at UCSB, like you said. I'm extremely interested in business, so I think it kind of started – I, I don't know if I've told you this, but like freshman year, I kind of went through this phase, and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a fucking billionaire. Like, like I just – whatever. I'd say it all the time. And I was like, okay, so how do I actually do it? And I, uh, I really looked into investing and like reading about Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger, Howard Marks, you know, all the guys who use long-term investing to take, you know, modest sums of money and over time turn them into billions. So I think from there, I learned a lot of the principles of investing in that and, and just what makes good business. And that really got me interested in business. So I've read a lot about a lot of different businesses and stuff. And then Somewhere through that, I, I gained kind of an entrepreneurial spirit, and I've been trying to do my own thing with that. Yeah, and like you said, I've messed with Shopify dropshipping with, you know, Italian stuff with a whole bunch of different things. And I've messed with trying to create content on Instagram. I brought a fantasy football account to about 15,000 followers and got kind of bored of it and stopped doing it. But it was very successful when I was running it. I've been flipping shoes online. I've done $4,000 in revenue since August 1st. And um, I haven't done that as much since I got to school either. So it's, uh, that's more like August 1st to maybe November 1st. But yeah, no, it, just a whole bunch of business-related stuff, really. All right. So it seems lately a lot of your business ventures have been in – Social media, what would you say excites you about social media at the moment? Um, well, I would say that we are in a very attention-driven economy, meaning that people are always on their phones and they want things to consume while they're online. And the more attention you can grab of the people who are online, the more you can monetize from it. So I think it's just like, the idea that no matter what you have to say, you can put it out there. And then if you're doing it well over time, you create value for other people, which in turn creates value for you. I think that whole proposition is really exciting. Yeah, for sure. You know, we're in a day and age where there's never been a better time to start something for yourself because of the opportunities that the internet and social media gives you. So what would you say is the platform you're most excited about at the moment i'm i'm not creating much right now so i um 
it's something I need to get back into and find where I want to go to work on. But I think it clearly should be TikTok just because on Instagram, it let's say you want you want to get 300 views on a post on Instagram. Right, you probably have to work for at least a month before you can get that kind of exposure. And that's like if you're doing a really good job um, on TikTok. I know you mess around with it. I don't know if I told you I messed around with videos and it wasn't even like good content. It was literally just me fucking around with one of my friends just to kind of test out the platform and just posting dumb shit. And it's like, I think we posted like 10 videos starting with zero followers and we got as much as a thousand views on the best performing post, which is crazy because you have no following. You've done nothing to deserve that attention and yet you can get it. So if you actually flooded TikTok with content that was interesting to people and brought people value, I think you could grow extremely quickly. And you see that all the time, like people in the comments, it'll be like, or just people on their accounts where it's clear, like they just kind of started fucking around on TikTok and now they have a million likes on a post. It's just, it, it, it's really easy to gain attention in relation to the work you have to put in more so on TikTok than any other platform. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. In my experience with TikTok, it's, very little effort. You don't have to put a lot of thought into what you're putting out. You can just kind of put something out there super quick and it can gain attention like very, very quickly. Now, as we've discussed, you and I are both big fans of Gary Vaynerchuk. We talk about him all the time. Yep. And for those who aren't familiar with him, what do you find valuable about his content? Um, it really depends on the day that you ask me. Uh, I think the reason I started following him, I think this is a good place to go, was I was kind of, I was trying the drop shipping stuff and it was going pretty bad at first. And uh, it just, his delivery is really funny because it's basically, I'll give you the quote. He literally said, bitching, ha- like, bitching has a 0% return on investment, 0% ROI. Like there's no point. And I thought, I think just, at that point, his aggressive delivery, I liked a lot, like kind of like fuck off and stop complaining and do something about it. I think that's super cool. Um, but just in general, it's rare that I believe everything that someone's saying. And like, he definitely, he always talks about authenticity and I definitely believe it. Like he has a certain level of believability, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, like, he kind of, the way he talks, it kind of forces you to kind of rethink your own work ethic in a way. Do you feel that? Yeah, he puts pressure on you. Yeah, absolutely. Now, talk to me a little bit about your own work ethic. Do you have any habits or any overall process in how you create and go through the day, or do you kind of just wing it? So habits are very important. So um, it's interesting because I was at home for the summer and I feel like I was pretty much working hard all day when I wasn't like, I I took time to have fun too and hang out with friends and do different things. But like, I feel like in my free time, I was pretty dedicated to working hard just automatically. Like I didn't really have to think about it. I didn't really have to plan it. I didn't have a lot of big time commitments I had to engage in. So it was kind of like I could just do my thing and keep grinding Um, I'm definitely finding here with classes and having to completely take care of myself and like 
all the stuff that comes with being completely independent and being a full-time student that I need to spend a lot more time organizing my day in order to stay productive more. So I've actually started, I use the notes app on my phone to make a checklist and just roughly plan out what I'm going to do. And that helps a lot. I've been trying to do more meditation, like at least 10 minutes a day, just to kind of clear my head and slow down my thoughts and like figure out what I'm going to do. So it's interesting. It's definitely been a work in progress. I was honestly pretty lazy when school started probably the first two weeks it was like fuck I'm back in school I have to do this school reading like I don't want to do anything else you know what I mean and now I'm I'm ramping back up I'm kind of getting into the flow of things yeah that's good to hear it definitely hits you after being off school for so long and then you go back it's such a huge adjustment I think the hardest thing is knowing you have all this reading and stuff you have to do and you have these midterms coming up and it's like if you're not prepared yet, it's hard to do anything else because it just weighs on your mind. So like, that's part of it is like, how can I be more proactive about getting shit done so that it doesn't become like a drag day to day? That's still, I mean, that's still a major work in progress, but, and then the other thing I'm trying to do is like, I'm trying to leverage the resources here as much as possible. So like I've been going to mental health and chilling in the massage chairs and shit like to relax it's like it's cool that we have that we're already paying for it going to academic advising to kind of see and like i've gone to professors and see like okay what kind of class do i want to be taking so i'm going to try the technology management program i'm going to try to get into some upper division site classes while sticking with my econ major just because i'm interested in that field and then like i'm trying to get active with a bunch of clubs in marketing business all that kind of thing so basically i can't remember what your question was but the biggest thing I'm working on now, it's less about what I want to do on my own and more about how can I start leveraging the resources here. But I'm definitely still in on like following the stock market and investing. I've, I've been active there lately and then moving my remaining shoe inventory and then ramping back up once I, once I get rid of it. Yeah, that's cool. I can definitely relate a lot to what you said because I like how you're using everything you have at your university to kind of stay true to yourself. You're going for your interests and making sure you're taking advantage of everything you have there. Yeah. So you, you've mentioned to me before that you're looking to join like an entrepreneurship organization as well. Yeah. Okay. So th this is interesting. I joined SEP, which is an entrepreneurship frat. And um, so I got a bid and I went, I dropped pretty quick though, um, for two reasons. The first was we had a three day retreat in Big Bear, which is super cool, but it was from Friday to Sunday. And I had a midterm on Thursday that took all my energy up until Thursday. And then I had a midterm on Tuesday. So also, also keep in mind the schedule there. I do very badly on low sleep, which you know, from us traveling together. Um, so it was like this thing where you stay up super late and then you wake up at 6am to start the next day. And you don't have beds, you're on a crammed floor and sleeping bags and stuff. So I was like, first off, like logistically, I don't think I could have survived that weekend on low sleep and not studying at all. And then came back and done even decent on my Tuesday midterm. But then also I, um, I'm kind of anti-authority in some ways. Like, I don't know how to explain that. There's probably more we could discuss on that if you wanted to go there. But basically just the fact that I was a pledge and then there's the pledge masters and the actives. And then they wanted to take the power they had over you and like 
nothing malicious. Like this is a really chill pledge process from everything I saw, but just the fact that they kind of wanted to show their dominance in ways that was stupid. Like, like just, I think the biggest thing was the pledge masters may or may not, like it seemed like they had good intentions to teach us about entrepreneurship and the process and stuff, but they took opportunities to like speak down to us or talk to us like we were pieces of shit because they had that power. And I, um, on like a level of principles, even if the intentions were good and it's just how the organization works. I, um, I just don't fuck with that. So I, I don't think, I don't think I'm a fit there, but, but respect to them. I like what they're doing and I like the people in it. So hopefully I cross paths with some of them in the future, but what did come out of it that was good was I went to an event with a couple people who were leaders in the sales industry. Um, Linda Hahn, who's a UCSB alum, who's the um, head of global sales at Tesla went and spoke at one of the frat guys events who was hosting a club called VSS sales society. And um, yeah, I, I think that was really cool. I'm going to go to that club meeting tonight. So hopefully that's a connection or a, a resource that I could leverage that I gained from the fraternity. But yeah, that was, that was a, a whole interesting process. Yeah. It sounds like it was definitely beneficial to you in some ways. Absolutely. And I totally respect you for not going through with it, but maybe you'll cross paths again someday. Yeah. And I, I mean, I really did like the organization. It's just the kind of the frat system of just the, there's certain elements of the fraternity system in Greek life that on principle bother me. So I just didn't feel like it was a fit, but again, super cool people. So. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, Greek life is something that's definitely not for everyone. I'm unfortunately like in a good fraternity myself, so. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think I would imagine I would have enjoyed the experience. It was just like, I don't know, like the last event, there's, there's a couple things that stood out. Like one guy gave a speech for vice president and then he went to get his laptop after and the pledge master was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, like, there's no, there's no need to do that. Like you could have more empathy and be like, okay, like, why do you need your laptop? Like, Oh, you have an assignment due at 9 PM and it's eight right now. And that's, and school's more important than the frat. Like, okay, that's cool. Or like someone asked to use the bathroom and the guy was just like, no, like, dude, we're, we're, we're all between 19 and 21 years old. Like, I don't, I don't care what position you have within the fraternity. Like, everyone here is an adult they should be treated that way so there's just a couple little things where it's just like the pledge pledge master relationship just kind of bothered me yeah yeah i totally feel that so about the other clubs you're joining what would you say interests you about them um so there's only two so far um well maybe three one i haven't heard back from yet but the first is VSS Sales Society, and the guy, the guy who runs it was cool. He seemed like a motivated guy. I liked him. He was in the frat, and then he was running it in partnership with a company called Bravado. And the founder of Bravado came and talked, and he had an interesting story of. I wish I remembered it exactly, but basically he was totally going one direction with his life, and then. I think his dad got sick or something and he needed money. So he went back to California with no idea what to do and got into sales and basically just killed it. And he was saying like, people don't explore this industry enough. And I feel like 
I don't know if it's a fit for me, but I feel like it definitely could be. So I'd like to explore it. And then it's also like, it's, it's a new club. Like it's just starting this year. So I like the opportunity to like be at the beginning of it as it develops. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's fun. And then the other one is something marketing society, maybe American marketing society. And I talked very briefly about it, but it was projects in like social media and digital marketing, which is like right up my alley for the reasons we discussed earlier. So, you know, I, I know very little about it. I had a brief discussion about it today and um, I'm going to go to a club meeting tonight. So I'm going to go to both club meetings tonight. And I want to, I just want, I just want to meet people with similar interests and then see where else it takes me. Cause the other thing is too, is like, there's a lot of events and speakers around this school that come through and like, in the last two years, I haven't really heard about them. So like surrounding myself with more people who would have those connections and like have more knowledge of what's going on is helpful too. It's just, I guess it's just the whole mindset shift of like, I'm here to take classes and then graduate to like, I'm paying $15,000 a year to be here. And there's a lot of really smart people and different things going on. And a lot of staff being paid to help us. So I may as well try to leverage everything at my hands, you know? Yeah, totally. Like get the most out of the experience because the classes and everything are only half the experience. The people that you meet and everything that's at your hands is a huge factor in that. Exactly. And then just using, using everything I can to make more of the people I meet be people with similar interests and motivations. It definitely seems like at this point, in your life, your main priority is just making the most of all of your opportunities and just sticking true to yourself. Would you say that's definitely true? hundred percent. Yeah. The, the true to yourself thing is important too, because if you don't know what you value or what you care about, it's hard to surround yourself with people who have the same values, you know, and in order to, if my priority is, yeah, to find people who value similar things to me. So I got to, I got to talk openly and, and show through my actions what's important to me. So yeah, that's that's definitely a part of it too. But yeah, just networking. It's like, I don't know where I want to go. All I know is I want to be successful and I want to put in the work and I've had a bunch of different ventures that have interested me. So like, yeah, just network and hear from other people's experiences. The other thing is too, is when you when you hear what other people have to say, it's kind of cliche, but like you learn what didn't work for them or what did. And it's like gaining experience. So if someone tells you about their experience with enough detail, it's almost like you did half of it because you can start to understand what worked and what didn't without even putting in the work yourself. So there's a lot of value in talking to other people about these kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. Like you kind of need to share your ideas and your viewpoints in order to with other people or to get a feel for what their experiences are. Yeah. Kind of get was, feedback in a sort of way. hundred percent. That was the cool thing about the SEP rush events. Um, before I got a bid was like, it was like, I remember there was one night I went and I was like super tired and I didn't really feel like going, but I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go anyway. And I was so energized by the end because it was just everyone talking about what they've tried and what they've done and what they're doing and like their experiences and trying to be like an entrepreneur. And I just thought it was so cool. It definitely fired me up. It's like that kind of thing. I just want, I want things like that. 
Okay. So another question I have for you is, I know you're busy with school and everything right now, but kind of after school calms down, do you have any plans to, you know, go into any more business ventures or social media ventures? Yeah, it's not even, okay. I've been getting on track with budgeting my time. If there's something that gets me excited enough, I would do it right now. I want to start back up with the shoe sales. The thing is, I, I'm not like super excited about it other than the fact that I know it can make money, which is cool. But um, so like tomorrow I have some free time. I'm going to try to budget some time out to go and go around Santa Barbara and Goleta and go thrifting and go to discount stores and try to find stuff to flip. So that's in progress. The thing that keeps coming to mind, but I don't know how to execute it, is I really like stocks and tracking what's going on. And I think content around that would be interesting. The biggest problem, though, is that there's probably only 10 to 15 companies at a time that I'm actually interested in. Like I'm not, and I'm, I'm interested in the whole market and then I'm interested in a specific basket of companies that I like. Like for me, I get fired up about companies like Tesla or Shopify or like, like innovative companies, companies that are changing the world on a daily basis, you know, but then companies like Exxon Mobil, that's just like a commodity. Like they sell gas. Like I don't, I don't give a shit about companies like that. So it would be interesting to try to create content around the view of the stock market that I have and what I love. Cause like, I, I, like I'd love to go and create content. Tesla had a great day today. Like I got an alert on my phone and I went and looked at their financials and like, they fucking, they killed it last quarter. And I was super hyped. Like I, it would be cool to have an outlet to talk about that, you know? So that's a thought. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. And like, I don't think you should be in a position where because you don't like follow the entire market and all the companies, I don't think that it should make a difference. I think you could go ahead and really make content around like the companies you like and it would still bring a lot of value. Yeah, 100%. It's definitely, it's something I experimented with a little bit last year. I just haven't gone all in on it yet. And we'll see. It's it's just an idea that kind of keeps coming to mind. So it could happen. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to see it. So uh, kind of going back to uh, Tesla. Yeah. I know you talk a lot about Elon Musk. What would you say fascinates you the most about him? He's insane. Like in the best possible way though. Like it's I just he's on a different wavelength than everyone else but it's not just that he's so fucking smart but it's a weird balance because he's super pessimistic at times and he's insanely impulsive like for example he went and made the decision that he was going to shut down all Tesla like you know how they have the um they're not dealerships, but they have like their, I can't remember what you call them. I guess the Tesla stores, but they have a couple models on display and then people you can talk to. And then if you want to buy a car, it gets delivered. Like you don't buy it on the spot. So it's more like Apple stores than actual car dealerships, but they have all their physical storefronts and then they have their online sales. And there was one Friday that he said, okay, we're shutting down all our storefronts. We're going online only. We got to save money. Literally by Monday, he flipped back and he was like, oh, we can't do it. Like financially, it doesn't make any sense. Like we're going to change our minds. But it's just like 
the impulsive the impulsivity i don't know if that's how you say it but it's insane like the dude's literally nuts but so smart and then the other thing is like his belief in his in himself is wild because you know so he he started his first big money maker was a company called zip2 which was i think it was like a website for like business services it was kind of like almost like an early version of Yelp sort of thing, if that makes sense. And he made a hundred million dollars off it and sold. And it's like, okay, you have a hundred million dollars and you have proof of concept that you can be a competent CEO. So you can easily raise money now. So most people would save, you know, maybe $70 million for themselves and then go and do another business venture. But he took all a hundred million dollars and invested it and created PayPal. And then he sold out of PayPal and he took all the money he made from all of that and put it into SpaceX. And SpaceX was insane because it was like from scratch, a guy who had no knowledge when he started of aerospace engineering whatsoever decided that he was going to compete with the U.S. government and a bunch of other big companies in creating fucking spaceships from scratch. And he put all his money behind it. Like the dude, dude's insane. And everything's been successful, you know? Yeah, that is ballsy. That that just shows how confident he is in himself, and obviously he has the right to be everything he's done. But it's just crazy. I mean, you you see it in the way he runs Tesla. Is like the dude has no concept of risk. I think the thing is, is for him, it's always been so easy. Like him just living his life the way he wants to naturally creates money. So it's like financially, he's willing to take risks because, like, fuck it. Because just listening to him talk on, I, I've seen a couple interviews of him on Joe Rogan. I read this book about him and it's like the amount of times Tesla has come like days away from going out of business is absurd. And then like, like it recently happened like a year ago and you look at their financials right now and it's like, I mean, their finan- the financials at Tesla have been an absolute fucking shit show for pretty much since it came into existence. And yet here they are worth, they had a huge day today. They got to be worth like $45 billion now. Like it, It's just insane. They were, they were $7 billion in debt and net debt before, not this quarter, but the one before. And they went and in one quarter, they lost a billion dollars in cash. And then he said, fuck it, raised two and a half billion dollars more and kept chugging along. Like not, not that I recommend that, or I think that's good business management, but his attitude's just crazy. But it's super interesting. Yeah, for sure. Like a lot of that I didn't even know myself. Yeah, I've I know a lot because of the biography I read about him, but I also I follow Tesla a lot, which is interesting because I'm not invested in them and I am invested in a handful of companies. But Tesla's probably the one I root for the most, but would probably never invest in because they're just such an, a chaotic mess. But their product is so fucking sick, and Elon's such a baller. Like, so it's dope. I, I really hope they kill it. So one thing I'm kind of curious about is I know you do a lot of research on Elon Musk and Warren Buffett and kind of how they do business, but do you ever do any research on kind of their behaviors in everyday life and apply that to your own life? Um, I think about mindset a lot. 
I'm trying to think. I try to get a feel for the way they think about things. So, like, the one overarching theme from every business leader that I've read about in any capacity is, like, just the core concept that, like, just because everyone else thinks that there's a right way to do something or that something is true doesn't mean it's true. So you have to be able to go out on a limb sometimes and not even sometimes, like, when you know you should and say like, okay, yeah, 99% of the population believes this, but they're fucking wrong. Like, not not to be audacious or arrogant, but you need to have a certain level of confidence in yourself to stick to your guns when everyone tells you you're full of shit. I think that's like everyone, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, Gary Vee, Charlie, like, I'm trying to think who else have I read about? Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, like, when you try to do something radically different, or even like even just something simple like investing, like if you this this is the framework that really brought it into my head. If you if you make an investment, right? So I I put money in. This is a great example because this just happened. I bought a share of Shopify at three hundred seventy dollars, right? And it dropped. It's at two ninety now, and it's like I the public opinion went significantly down from when I bought it, and I'm sticking to my guns, like I have no concern for what the public thinks about it, especially in the short term. But just because I feel so strongly that it's an innovative company that's changing the way that e-commerce and basically business as a whole works. And I think their CEO is one of the smartest people I've ever heard talk and genuinely is thinking of innovative ways to make the barriers for entry for entrepreneurship lower. And I think that given the amount, the level of empathy he has and the way he creatively thinks about things and just how smart he is in combination with what I've already seen Shopify do and what they're in the process of doing. I don't really care if public opinion thinks that, you know, that their latest acquisition of warehouse automation tech, they pay a lot for it. Public opinion thought it was a really bad decision. I think public opinion is bullshit in this case. So I think that's, that's an important thing to remember is like, what's, what's the word? it's like anti-conformity or like yeah i guess anti-conformity like don't the natural inclination is to follow the herd and the herd is not always right and that's an important thing to keep in mind so yeah i I definitely attack thinking about business leaders from a mindset perspective more than a day-to-day life thing yeah that's really interesting to hear and i think it's just like making sure you follow your own convictions. Like if you truly believe something and you can't let anybody else try to convince you otherwise, I think that's a great mindset to have. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not, not letting people convince you otherwise. Right. Because if there's a valid crit, so we'll go back to the shop by example, because I talked about, if there's a valid criticism of the company that I had not considered, right. Then I have to recalculate my conviction. So if somebody brought me information I never had before that was really negative about it, I should change my mind. But just because there's new information and other people think it's bad doesn't mean that you should too is the point. Like, but also, no, yeah, I guess, I guess that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. Like just making sure like you're doing your due diligence, but still like don't, just don't like follow what others don't believe because they believe it yeah don't blindly follow other people's opinions listen to them understand them take them into account 
but don't just follow. Yeah, it's like this this text I got from I don't know if you're on Gary V's community the other day, but he was like, he said, "Have the courage to go and ask for advice, but don't take it as gospel." And that's basically 100%. exactly what we're talking about. Hundred percent. Yeah, no. Once once you stop listening, you're in trouble. There's there's definitely a balance there. Yeah, for sure. You can never, you can never go like strictly off of everything you believe and shut everybody else out because then because other people might have different perspectives that bring you a lot of value. Right. You need you need to constantly be in search of new information, particularly information that conflicts what you already believe, because naturally you want to find information that backs up your pre-existing beliefs. It's called confirmation bias. So there's a lot of value in seeking out the opinions that go against you. That said, again, if those opinions that go against you are the majority opinion, that doesn't mean you have to take it up yourself. Right. It just, it comes down to like just a personal decision. Exactly. So with what you're studying in school, you mentioned that you're studying econ and you're trying to take a few psych classes. Do you have any goals as to what you're going to do with those things, such as maybe an internship in the future? It's a good question. That's another reason I'm, I'm trying to leverage the resources here more is I want to get a better feel for what I want to do. Marketing seems more and more interesting because it's kind of an intersection between psychology and economics and then there'd be a lot of value in my in myself like understanding how to do it because inherently that would make me better creating my own social media content or reselling my own stuff so i think marketing is an interesting field um finance sounds okay um i would i don't know if i'd be like excited about it but i think i could be good at it and that would work i think i mean like the person who came in and talked about being a salesperson at Tesla, I think something like that would be so badass where it's like you're marketing and, and actively trying to sell product at a company that you truly like fuck with and believe in. So that's, that's interesting to me. I'm trying to talk to a lot of people in that field and see how to do it. Um, other than that, honestly, I'm not a psych major and I'm probably not going to change. So I don't know if this is feasible, but a part of me would be super interested in doing like psychology research. Hey, can you so go that, into that a little bit more? Like what yeah. fascinates you about that? Um, I think there's so much about the brain we don't know yet. And the more that you could understand it on a neurochemical level, the more you can help people who have issues within their mind or like, I don't know anything like, understand what processes make your head more clear or more efficient and like all kinds of stuff like this just basically how substances or anything like that or activity affect your brain i think that's super interesting or like your diet because there's a lot i've been reading lately that like organic foods are like better for your brain like i think that your physical body and your brain are way more interconnected than people realize like your brain gets strengthened from different types of physical exercise. Your brain is strengthened by the foods you eat. Everything you do on a day-to-day basis changes the actual shape and neuron connections within your brain. So I think there's a lot 
of interesting fields of research where you could understand how to actually alter your brain. And a lot of that research is super underdeveloped. So I think understanding a lot of that would be extremely interesting. Yeah, it's amazing how everything works. Like, sleep is another big one, too. Yes, sleep, too. Not just sleep, but, like, not just amount of sleep, but sleep quality is really big. I don't know if a lot of people know that. But, like, six hours of deep sleep is way better than, like, nine hours of, you know, kind of shitty sleep. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, and um, shoot, I went in and talked to a psych professor, and what was he saying? This is not related to sleep, by the way. I, I don't know why I just went here, but um, well, first of all, my roommate works at a like he's like a front desk person at a psychology office, and they use ketamine for their patients, and like everyone in our house is like, "What the fuck? Use ketamine?" Because that's like a really potent psychedelic. Um, but I was talking, I was talking to my professor and, um, he was talking about how like, so there's some antidepressants that people take and within like four to six weeks, it gradually changes your brain like structurally and like neurochemically to make it less prone to depression. But with ketamine at the right dosage, you can make literally the physical changes in your brain. There's evidence that it can literally do that in real time with a single dosage, which is nuts. So like, I think there's a lot of research into substances. Like, I think there's a, there should be a lot of really useful medical applications for different psychedelics and different types of drugs that are currently either heavily restricted or just purely illegal. And I think a lot of work needs to go into that as well. Yeah, that's, that's very fascinating. Very. I'm also, I'm also interested in nootropics a little bit. There's pretty much no evidence behind it other than like personal accounts, but basically just little natural supplements that supposedly, you know, increase memory or focus or whatever. And I think more research into that as well would be super interesting. There's just so many ways you can go. It's mostly the thing that interests me most though is optimizing your mind for sure. Like, I think that's, I don't know if that's like a research category that people actually go into, but like it would definitely be something I think would be really cool. Yeah. I think your brain is probably, or not probably your brain is definitely the most powerful tool we have. Yeah, and 100%. Going into neurotropics. I think you told me the other night that you were going to buy something off of Amazon like related to that yes yeah it's the same thing i tried something called lion's mane i um i think the first couple times i used it i thought it did something but it might have been placebo and then after i didn't really notice anything and i'm kind of going off and on with it and just trying to test if it actually does anything i don't know but i'm interested i wish i wish there was some sort of study out there where you could get some actual evidence behind it because I read, I mean, I read from a lot of people on like Reddit and stuff where they're like, yeah, like I, I felt the difference, whatever. And I, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, what was the effect that it was supposed to have? Uh, just like increased focus and I, I can actually read it. Hold up. Can you still hear me? I'm moving away from my phone. Yeah, I can hear you. 
Okay, good. Um, it's supposed to focus in memory is what it's supposed to do. Okay. So I don't, I don't know if it works, but definitely interesting. Yeah, it's still so fascinating the different ways that people try to gain an edge doing stuff like that. Like, obviously, the most popular way in the world has to be coffee or caffeine in general. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I drink so much caffeine. It's crazy, actually. But um, yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, I was definitely. I was having a tough time reading. I was way behind on one of my classes and I had to read. So I was kind of experimenting with things. And dude, honestly, I think the biggest thing is just, this is weird. Most people don't think about it, but eating enough is important and eating healthy is important. And then good sleep and regular exercise. If you eat, if you eat enough calories, because uh, by the way, on, on calories, your brain uses 20% of the calories you intake on average. So if you, if you don't eat enough, you're not giving your brain enough fuel and you know, it's harder to think it kind of fogs up your mind and stuff. So that's, I'd say eating right, sleeping seven hours in a quiet environment and then exercising on a regular basis are the three things you can do that actually have a noticeable impact. Yeah. It's amazing. But sometimes have, sometimes people have a difficult time fitting those things into their everyday life. Oh, 100%. Have you, been, have you noticed that? And what are you trying to do to combat that, if so? It's funny. I, I used to think a lot about, like, what am I going to eat during the day? And that was kind of tough. So it's like I'm just – I'm pre-planning what I'm going to eat before I go to sleep each night. So then it's like I don't even have to concern myself with it. And then – I mean – so I, I've been trying to run on a regular basis and meditate on a regular basis. And it's like, it only takes, you can run two miles in 15 minutes. Like, so you don't, it's not like you need to cut out a large amount of time. It's just like, I'll plan a point during the day where I have 15 minutes to spare and I'll go run to the edge of the beach over here and back. And that's easy. And I'll take 15 minutes to go outside, find a shady spot and just sit and listen to music and just clear my head. So that it's just the pre-planning it's, Food's definitely the toughest, I think. Yeah, food's definitely the toughest. Having having some restaurants that aren't that expensive and have fairly healthy food that you can go to regularly helps a lot. Like, there's a like an all organic restaurant in my um, on campus, so that helps a lot. If I have like morning classes or an afternoon class, I can just go eat there before or after, and be covered for the day. But it's definitely like just the effort on the front end, like just planning these things out because they're important, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like in my life, planning has done a tremendous amount of things for me in order to feel just sort of mental peace and not have to think about very important things as they come rather just have them already, already there. Decision fatigue is a real thing. Like the more decisions you have to make in the day, the tougher it becomes to make later ones. So the more you can just have pre-planned out, you know, when you need to, I, I think over planning can be, could take spontaneous, spontaneous action out of your life. So you don't want to like overdo it, but the more you can pre-plan, the easier it is to like make decisions and, and 
work on things when you just have that piece of knowing like, yeah, I knew all the options and this is the most important thing to be doing with my time right now. So I'm not going to worry about anything else. Yeah, for sure. Another question I have is, what would you say are the biggest life experiences you've had that have shaped the way you view the world? View the world or view, is that what you said? I said, what are some of the life experiences you've had that shaped the way you view the world now? Hmm. That's tough. That's really tough. Um, I wish I had a good answer off top. I can maybe I could start with things that are important about the way I view the world and then try to find their roots. Sure. Um, I think the most important thing is to be happy and money doesn't necessarily buy happiness. And that's something important to keep in mind. I feel like, I feel like going to Italy helps gain that perspective because it's kind of a, it's not that consumeristic, at least in some of the places I've been, it's not that much of a consumer culture. And yet it seems like everyone is pretty happy. So like, that's a different perspective that kind of helped me. Um, I really, I really strongly believe in empathy for all people. Like the guy that's homeless doesn't want to be homeless. Like this is the example always comes to mind. Like it's either something fucked up with his head or some addiction issue or whatever, like whatever may have happened. So I think I try, especially around here, I try to help. Like when someone asks me for food, around Isla Vista, I almost always say yes and go buy something cheap and like give them some food. It's just like, I kind of, I don't know, like everyone's got their shit. So I think that's, that's always interesting. What else? In terms of business, I think thanks to Gary Vee, it's all about it's not about considering how you can make money in the long term. It's about how you can create value for other people in the long term. And then from that, it's in, in anything where you're creating value for other people inherently becomes monetizable. So I think if you're in the entrepreneurship area and that's something you're interested in, you should definitely shift the question to how can I create value for other people and what can I do for those people to increasingly improve the value I can bring them and then money's going to follow. So I think that's that's an interesting perspective. I think not conforming, like we talked about extensively earlier, is extremely important. I think understanding what you don't know about the world is extremely important. So like a lot of times people have opinions, but they don't have a good basis behind it. And um, I think it's definitely a drag on the way you see the world if you have strong opinions when you barely know what you're talking about. So maybe identify that and then either weaken your thoughts when you don't know that much or actively seek more information to strengthen your opinions. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, I could keep going. There's a whole bunch of little things like that, that I think are really interesting and important. Yeah, definitely. Like that's a great mindset to have. 
and like part. pretty much everything you've said, I think, and especially the part about empathy, because I personally feel that empathy is what connects us most as human beings, like kind of more than anything else. Would you agree with that? Connects us most. I, I suppose so. Yeah. Like, I would say empathy and like your ability to relate to another person and like what their life is like, and maybe not, maybe not relate, but like understand. Understand. Yeah. Yeah. Understand. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah, for sure. Well, it was great having you on my first episode, Dom. Yep. Thank you, Danny. It was, it was fun. Really good timing, too. I got class at five. I got a shower before. So this is a really good wrap-up. <laughs> All right, good. Oh, real quick, real quick. Before, before we kill it, I'm curious. Did you come in with these questions, like, pre-planned? Like, were you prepping for the show and stuff? I came in with a handful, but, like, after a certain point, like, I kind of ran out. Like, I only had, like, six or seven. Okay. So and you let the conversation yeah. take over. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. All right, well, good luck with classes and everything. Yep, you too. Well, with your internship. Yeah. All right, man, take care. You too. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe and spread the word to your friends and family.